You are listening to Matter of Theology, a podcast production that deals with church and cultural issues from a biblical standpoint. We stand firm on the sufficiency of Scripture, hitting every topic with an open Bible and the boldness to say things that others are afraid to. And now, here's the host of Matter of Theology, Chris Huff. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Matter of Theology, the place where theology matters. Why? Because everything is, in fact, a matter of theology. My name is Chris. I'm here with my brother, Drew, and we are excited to be back, man. Welcome back, bro. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a minute. It's been a long minute. It has been a minute. It has been a minute. Happy New Year to uh, to, to everybody. Uh, have we had an episode in 2021 yet? Yeah, we yeah, did. Yeah, we've had one. Now, this is this is really funny. So I was looking back because, you know, for Instagram, I post all the when we have a yeah. new episode. I make a thing and then yeah. post it whenever it comes out. So I was looking back through 2020. 2020, we did 47 episodes. So that wow. so there's 52 weeks in a year, right? So we only yeah. missed yeah. a couple of weeks. Um, but mm-hmm. this week, th- this year, uh, I think we've only done one episode, and we're in February. Yeah, <laughs> so we yeah, might have. Yeah, well, we might yeah. have done. We might have done two, but I think I think we've only done one. Yeah. Well, and that's uh, you know that, that that's by design. Uh, things are things are very very busy for both of us, and uh, you know, and 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 our desire is to make sure that when we do bring content, that the content is uh, well thought out, well written out. Uh, we we've. we've taking our time with this one. This is one that we've been talking about for a little bit. We're going to get into that here in a second, but uh, a few things. Um, uh, first and foremost, thank you. Uh, if you're taking time to listen to this, we very, very, very much appreciate it. Um, and our goal at Matter of Theology is we deal with uh, 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 cultural issues, political issues, church issues from a biblical worldview from a biblical standpoint um that is our goal is to be faithful to god's word as it uh in it it pertains everything we need uh in matters of life and godliness the law of the lord is perfect uh and so so that is that is what we try to do here um a couple of things you need to know about coming up um first and foremost um, we are a part of the christian podcast community um we love being a part of the christian podcast community andrew rapaport is one of our favorite people period um um, and he so, should be one of yours. He very, very much should. Um, so uh, check that out uh, if you have never heard of or or just kind of checked you know checked out and looked around at the podcasts that are available on that community. There are a lot of great ones. A um, couple of things uh, announcement wise, we've got the Cruciform Conference 2021 coming up in June. That is crazy. Um, it's already February. Uh, March will be here before we know it. And um, man, the theme this year, uh, of course, this year is the 500th anniversary or anniversary of Martin Luther at the Diet of Worms. Uh, that famous, famous, um, basically trial that he was on uh, where he said, here I stand, I can do no other. So the theme this year is entitled Still Standing. Um, both, both Drew and I have been tasked uh, to preach uh, at the conference, and we are very, very excited uh, to do that. Um, a couple other things: uh, the the trip uh, to Israel with Justin Peters, Andrew Rappaport is still a go. I do believe there are still spots available. Uh, Drew, you know that uh, what's that web address where people can check that out? I believe it's IsraelTour2021.com. Awesome. 
So you guys check that out. Um, and, uh, and yeah, man, did, did I miss anything, bro? Is there anything else that we got going on that I am just blanking on? Dude, we got some reviews. People have sent us some reviews. Oh, that's right. We do have some reviews and we like to, we like to, we like to shout those reviews out. And in fact, we may even do a whole episode uh, on a review. Uh, should, should that review be good enough? Um, thank <laughs> yeah, you, if, Levi if, of the West. Yeah. If you, you leave us a one star, like don't just come in and just give it one star. Okay. Leave us right. a, a review because yeah. we want to know if you hate us, we want to know why you That's hate right. it. Now, right. someone actually, they, they left a comment and we we address their comment on the show. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. In depth, uh, we kind of dismantled it and then invited that person onto the show, and we haven't heard anything back. So, yeah, I I, I don't know. Uh, craziness. Craziness. Yeah. But craziness. I mean, let us know if if you hate us. Let us know why you hate us. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, if you think there's things we can improve on, hey, let us know. We we're all for constructive criticism. Absolutely. I mean, we've been this is we started what our third year. So I mean, I mm -hmm. think we've kind of got a couple years under our belt. Uh, and we've right. progress progressed progressed uh, <laughs> tremendously. Uh, and do you even progress, bro? <laughs> do you? I mean, hashtag. Do you even progress? But uh, we have progressed a lot. Um, yeah. So, but still, sometimes there's things we miss. Uh, we all have blind spots. So, constructive criticism, we're all for. Uh, and you know what? We may even address it and say thank you for that constructive criticism. Uh, but sometimes there are people like we had to address where it's not even constructive criticism. It's just a slew of insults. And so yeah. we address that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so don't insult us. Right. <laughs> well, and if you're going to at least, I mean, God, golly, at least, at least uh, reach out to us first. And, and, yeah. and I mean, if, if, look, I mean, if you're going to do it publicly, um, you know, uh, you're going to come on our platform and, and, and the platform that we've been given, let me, let me rephrase that um, and say something then, uh, then yeah, hey, you, you open yourself up to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to the, to the same scrutiny. So, uh, but yeah, no, we have, um, we've got three of them that, that have come in that's, uh, uh, just, uh, over the last couple of weeks. And, uh, just because oh, that's right. You were on, uh, you did one with, uh, with Andrew and Dr. Silvestro, Silvestro and, uh, Justin Pierce. And, uh, I think that was it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, let me, man, yeah. you know, I gotta tell you being on with Justin Pierce, that, he's a sharp guy. Yeah, yeah. He's a sharp quick, guy. Man. Sometimes it doesn't seem like it, but then when he starts going, you're like, oh man, am I even ready to talk to this guy? Because he's right. sharp. He's super sharp. Right. right. Um, so we just want to highlight a couple of these uh, or, or these three. Uh, the first of which is actually uh, by a friend of mine uh, and with all, you know, and he kind of mentions that in here. So his name's Frank. Um, uh, he said this, he said, I'm really enjoying the, po the podcast. Full disclosure, I do not consider myself a follower of Reformed Theology. I've known Chris for years. He used to lead worship at my church. While I may not agree with everything he and Drew say, they always make me think. And for that, I'm truly thankful. If you want to be challenged, give it a listen, period, close quote. So Frank, I love you, brother. And uh, thank you for uh, for the encouragement and for the honest feedback. And uh, man, we hope we can continue to 
spur those on uh, to use the brain. Uh, the, the, the brain is a is a muscle, and uh, the Lord has given it to us for a reason. Uh, of course, he speaks to that in Romans 12. Yeah. Uh, the next one. You know, well, let me just. So, so because, I mean, he said there's places where we don't agree. You know, yeah. if, he, if he wants to reach out and say, you know, this is a place where I have disagreement, that may be something either privately you or, or we can, we, okay. Well, I was just yeah, gonna say, we can, we can draw out a little farther. Yeah. Um, just, just to bring a little more clarity or something like that. But if you've already done yeah. that, then you, yeah, yeah. He'll it. reach out and ask questions if there's something he doesn't like, he's unsure of, or, uh, you know, full disclosure. Uh, when we talked about, uh, when we did, uh, uh, reckless love, reckless worship, take two, um, you know, he's like, man, didn't, didn't you used to play those songs? I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. man, I sure did. You're absolutely <laughs> yeah, right. And by too. God's grace, uh, he's opened my eyes to that and here's why. Yeah. And, and yeah. so, uh, but, but I say yeah. that just because there might be other listeners that may yeah. have the same questions that he has. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, it's, and, it's like, it's like sitting in class, right? You don't want to be the guy to ask the question, right? Cause you, you, you don't want to feel like you're, Oh man, I feel like everyone else knows this answer. But as soon as you ask that question, like five other people are like, man, I had the same question. Right. 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 Yeah. Man, I'm glad he asked that. Thanks yeah. for asking that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the next one's by our brother, Chris Honholtz, um, voice from, of reason. Um, Voice of Reason Radio, he and Rich do a phenomenal job with Voice of Reason. If you've never listened to Voice of Reason, you need to. You're missing yeah. out. Uh, but, but man, uh, we, we love Chris. We do. We got to hang out with him at the Cruciform Conference, and, um, uh, and, and, and we, we, we keep in touch regular, yeah. regularly. Uh, but he said this. He's a great brother, man. He is, he is definitely one of my favorite people. Uh, he said, quote, Matter of Theology is a wonderful program put together by biblically sound and humble brothers in Christ. Their desire to equip the body of Christ theologically is clear with every, each and every episode. Chris and Drew will challenge the listener to delve deeply into the Word of God, understand how to apply it in life, and encourage people to grow in the holiness of Christ. I highly recommend you make this part of your podcast listening, period, close quote. Brother, that is... Yes. An incredibly humbling review and encouragement. So you, thank you. You know that one of my goals since really since I've been reading the Puritans and learning about the Puritans, which has been uh, almost a two year thing for me. My entire goal has been to uh, grow people in holiness, not just knowledge, but holiness Right. You know, so it should be, and this is what I do for myself as I go, can I look back and go, am I more holy today than I was mm -hmm. yesterday? Or am I more holy this year than I was last year? Right. You know, right. so, so one right. of, I know my personal goals is to go to every listener that, that has continued to listen to us and followed us throughout the years go, mm -hmm. am I more holy than when I first started listening? Mm -hmm. Amen, brother. Well, man, how many times have we talked about that both online and offline, mm -hmm. you know, where the goal in Christian, uh, the goal of our Christian life is holiness, mm -hmm. right? Uh, you, you think of first Peter, um, be ye holy as I am holy. Like, I mean, th that, that is the command. That's an imperative. Be holy, do be holy. Uh, and, and, and how many times have we talked about, uh, you know, examples of, of, you know, unfortunately, there's so many, uh, quote unquote, churches out there where, with, with pastors who, you know, are, 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 you know, 
saying things from the platform in, in, in reference to calling people names and calling them body parts. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there are a lot of quote unquote, you know, you know what's out there. And, um, you know, it, it, that, that, that's not modeling holiness. That's not encouraging holiness. Um, and so our goal, we've always said is number one, we're not, we don't want to replace your pastor. We, we can't, we shouldn't. Um, but our goal is in the, in the content is, is for our own personal holiness. It's kind of like a selfish thing, to be honest. Um, but then, but then also to, to encourage that in others, whoever would listen, do they walk away? Number one, does it make them think like Frank said, number two, does it encourage people, um, to live holy lives? Um, and so, so Chris brother to, to, to read that and to number one, know you and the sincerity, um, to which you write and speak every word, um, that that that's incredibly yeah. incredibly humbling so yeah. thank you brother it means a lot yeah so the last one um uh is uh i don't i don't this is just a allen 554 on apple uh podcasts but he just said uh five star review he said quote thoughtful reasonable views tempered but honest enjoying very much as i am looking at different theologies within the reformation church period close quote so um again Right. Just, just when, when we read stuff like that, it's, uh, it's, it's humbling because who are we, um, uh, even our best attempts at righteousness are, are filthy rags. And, and we've said it a, a ton. We are not pastors. We are not elders. Um, our goal is to not uh, present ourselves as pastors or elders, but God's word is clear. And, uh, and so our goal and desire is to put that before whoever the Lord would will to listen to this. And, and, um, uh, so thank you, uh, thank you for the for the encouraging reviews. So, um, so today uh, on matter of theology, the the title of this episode is uh, training for persecution. And throughout the past year of matter of theology, we have talked at length about the crazy year we all experienced in 2020. Now, and part of that craziness was the clear and distinct attacks we saw against those professing faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and against his bride. We saw the city of Los Angeles, California, and Governor Gavin Newsom go after Dr. John MacArthur and Grace Community Church for simply gathering, as the Lord has commanded, to worship him on the Lord's Day. And and what we're going to do, we're going to link the statement that John and the other elders at Grace Community Church released in response to that, entitled, Christ not Caesar is the head of the church. Uh, we'll put that in the show notes. So, but we saw mandates against singing in church. We saw mandate dates against partaking in the Lord's Supper. Mandates by the government and health departments that attempted to control the sum and the substance of what should happen on the Lord's Day gathering in churches across this nation. And and now we have a, a presidential administration in place and a political party that has control of the White House, the House and the Senate. And and, and, and th- this party wholeheartedly does and supports the, the sins of Romans chapter one. And, and we as God's children absolutely must be prepared to face what is coming. This is nothing new. This is something that's been happening and will continue to happen throughout the history of the church. Now, uh, what I want to do is I do want to highlight something that's happened in the last few weeks, brother, and then then I'll kick it over to you. Um, 
on, on January 29th of 2021, this year, um, it was reported that Grace Life Church in Edmonton, Canada, was ordered to close its doors to the public after defying the, defying the rules for gathering because of, co- because of COVID. And, and this rule came down, it was issued by the Canadian government. Uh, pastor James Coates is the lead pastor at Grace Life and is a dear brother, and whose bride, Aaron, is a friend of Matter of Theology. Now, the, the Alberta Health Services issued a work order back in, on December 17th that said the following, okay? And it did the following. Uh, and and uh, it said the, the ASH order directed the church to immediately ensure congregants were wearing face coverings when in the building, ensure members of different households keep at least two meters apart, provide AHS, it's a health service, with information about the building's capacity and to not exceed a limit of, of the 15% total capacity um, at any one time. The December work order also required a relaunch plan template to be filled out, outlining all activities that take place in the church, including meetings and other gatherings, details of risk mitigation measures to be implemented to prevent tr- the transmission of COVID-19 and the process by which they will monitor the number of people inside the church. Okay. Period. Close quote. Goodness gracious. Uh, Then on Sunday, January 21st, 2021, health officials went and inspected the church during the Lord's Day gathering and they noticed the following violations. Uh, Quote, more than 290 people attending the church service on January 21st. uh, Excuse me, January 24th. I got the date wrong. My my apologies. Um, In excess of the 15% total operational uh, occupancy load as per the Alberta Fire Code. Church attendees, staff volunteers were observed unmasked in the church lobby and in the sanctuary. It appears that church attendees, staff, and volunteers were not maintaining at least two meters physical distancing from other households. The relaunch plan template had not been submitted. So as of Friday, January 29th, 2021, the government ordered Pastor James Coates to close the church to the public immediately, including all and to, to all of his congregation, church members, and attendees. Okay, this is persecution, hands down, no question about it. Now, in speaking to uh, 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 Pastor James Coates, uh, his his wife Erin, again, she's a, she's a dear sister and a friend of of Matter of Theology. Here's what she said to me in regards to what they have seen and experienced, and I did ask permission to share this. And so, she said, "quote Our men have a weighty task ahead of them. What is so hard for me." is all the herding sheep from all over Edmonton who have come to Grace Life because they are starving, weak, and wounded. Unbelievers arriving needing hope. We are literally busting out of our building and they want to restrict us to 15%. And so I reached out to her uh, and I just encouraged her and prayed and told her we were praying for James and, and the elders. And, and, and here was her, her, her second response. She said, uh, she said, thank you so much, brother. Uh, it appears in the order that it is a voluntary closure, even citing the article that our health services and the RCMP will be there this Sunday to see if we're complying. We think, uh, we, we think this means we should be okay to meet. She said, I am in awe of the Lord. The courts have not followed through as of yet with their threats. They said James would be charged this week. However, now they're saying he would be summoned next week if we don't close this Sunday. Each Sunday we gather is a true gift. We are praying 
for another facility if they lock us out. The Lord is working. I'm so encouraged by all the responses and the people being encouraged to pursue Christ more fully. What more could we ask for? So many unbelievers are coming. Uh, we are literally busting out of our facility. I will let James know what you said. Thank you. Thank you again. We sure need the prayer. Period. Close quote. And uh, and again, this is persecution. And, uh, and so, brother, I have just one quote, and then I'll turn it over to you. Uh, this is from uh, uh, Drs. Tom Askell and Jared Longshore from their latest book, Strong and Courageous, Following Jesus Amid the Rise of America's New Religion. They said this, quote, Have we forgotten that we and Governor Newsom or any other government authority are people under the authority of Christ? When governors begin to dictate what the church can and cannot do, those of us who believe the Bible must come back and say, quote, wait a minute. We already have dictates on what we can and cannot do in worship. Those are found in scripture, period, close quote. So we continue to pray for you know Pastor James Coates and his elders and his family and the precious flock there at Grace Life Church in Edmonton, as well as many other believers who are experiencing this kind of persecution throughout the world. There are many other examples just like this. So uh, so yeah, brother, that's, that, that's kind of my thoughts kicking off, man. And uh, I, I will kick it over to you. Yeah, you know, that reminds me of uh, uh, the great ejection that took place during yep. the uh, with the Puritans is that they had to conform to uh, certain things that they would teach and they were not allowed to teach other things. Right. Uh, well, they did not comply. And so they were removed from their pulpit and locked out of their parishes, banished from mm -hmm. their parishes. Um and so there's actually a book you can get called Sermons from the Great, Ejection. The Great Ejection. Now that's a that's a Puritan paperback. There's a that's excerpts from a, a much larger uh, version that I forgot the name of actually. <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, it reminds yeah, I can't me remember of that. Uh, the introduction of that one. Yeah, it, it, it reminds me of that. Right, you must comply. The what the state is doing is it's setting itself yeah. up as God and saying you must obey us and what we tell you to do. Right. Whereas faithful right. pastors, faithful brothers, and leaders in the church are saying no. We have an obligation to Christ. We have an obligation That's to right. our position, to our office of pastor right. and preacher, right. uh, as overseer of these people's souls, that we must proclaim Christ. And if mm. the Lord is bringing unbelievers, wow, proclaim Christ, you know, I mean, I mean and that's, yeah. uh, in, in, well, we'll get, well, we'll get into second Timothy uh, a little bit later, but it just reminds me of, yeah. of what Paul's really saying or to, to Timothy is he saying, I'm, I'm, I'm in prison being persecuted for preaching Christ. Timothy, your job is to preach Christ until they kill you. Well, and, and yeah, brother, and I started, you know, preparing for this and I wrote this, um, uh, before the last Lord's day. Um, um, and, 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 and Aaron, you know, they gathered and those health officials did show. Um, and Aaron told me that, um, uh, you know, cause James is not on, not on Instagram, but, uh, Aaron told me that they were, the health officials were there, the health, health officials, um, uh, they, they don't know if they're believers. And so James, man, he hit the gospel hard. Um, and, and he said, she said again, it's just standing room only. And, and we're literally busting at the seams and, and brother, just, just, you know, you saying that, um, you know, we, we as believers have to remember 
um, that the, the state that the state does not dictate uh, what we do. Again, to as you know, I, I quoted you know Tom and Jared, uh, Tom Askell and Jared Longshore in their book, but you know, Scripture, uh, Ephesians one, and he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church. Uh, that's in that's in 122 and then in 523 the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is also the head of the church you know Colossians 1 he is also the head of the body the church he is the beginning the firstborn among the dead so that him uh, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything so so w- we have to remember that um and, and if and if you don't think you know and I've said this and, and I've gotten this from from Dr MacArthur it's how many times um, uh, you know, have we seen over the last five, just five years, just five years where, where the state's trying to dictate the style and, and what you can and cannot do, they will come after the substance and there's, and, and, and it's coming. It is absolutely coming. And one of the things that we're seeing with these COVID mandates is, is that I wholeheartedly believe the state is testing the resolve of believers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, well, so we have a responsibility to obey God and defy tyrants. To quote right. Brandon so, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So, so this is a good time to get into this passage, um, Acts chapter four. So, if you're if you're following along, uh, open your Bibles to Acts chapter four. Um, I'm going to start in verse one. As they, this is Peter and John, as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to them. So now what are they doing? Let's just recap. They they're, they're standing outside the temple. They've healed a man. Um, the man's going in worshiping the, 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 all these people come out to, to Peter and John and they're asking them, you know, who, by what power do you do this? And, and right. under whose authority do you do this? So when you go in proclaiming the name of Christ persecution that comes, you have now garnered an audience. Right. You have acquired an audience. And, and here what we see is we see the audience is the priests. Right. So so the religious elite, the captain of the temple guard, which is the representation of the government. Now, Rome didn't care who you worshiped, but they right. wanted things to be orderly. So they didn't like things to get disrupted. So the temple guard represents the government. And the Sadducees, these would be more of they were they were so sad, you see, Uh <laughs> I always had to throw that in there, but uh, they represent basically the liberal believers. We we can equate them to kind of the liberal Christians of today. Mm-hmm. Um, and and being greatly disturbed, they were disturbed by the message of Christ because they were teaching the people, and they were proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead, which was a problem for the Sadducees because the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. Right. Right. And they laid hands on them not to anoint them. Okay. Um, They laid hands on them and put them in jail until the next day, for it was already evening. Okay. Now flip over and skip down to verse seven. So they put them in jail. Now, what do they do? Verse seven, when they had placed them in the center, so they're coming to this court, this council court and there's people surrounded. It's basically, it would be something like 70 officials. And then like the president, the high priest of, of the, of the council. Uh, right. So, but you being in the center, you you have to come before all these people. So they're placed in the center and they began to inquire by what power or in what name have you done this? Then mm-hmm. Peter filled with the Holy spirit said to them, rulers and elders of the people, 
All right. You who are in charge of the people that you religious elite and you government officials. If we are on trial today for the uh, for a benefit done to a sick man. As uh, let me actually put it in front of me so I can read it. If we are on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name, this man stands here before you in good health. So what happened? Preaching the word, garnered an audience of the religious elite, the religious liberals, the government, and now they're being placed in the center of all of them to give account. And what do they do? You preach the gospel to them. So when yeah. those people come to confront you, what do you do? You preach, preach the, gospel. the gospel to them. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that's exactly what James and the elders are doing. Um, and, 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 you know, and it's, it's one of those things that because of that, the Lord is the, the, the Lord has put a, a, a giant spotlight Mm-hmm. on grace life in edmonton and um yeah. and and uh and, and amen and right on to james for doing yeah. what uh what he's done dr james coates um a graduate of the master seminary let me just oh, put that go. out there as well uh yeah now, yeah the, thankful. Now, now there is some some kind of definition things i do want to get into a little bit yeah um because people will be like p- people always confuse suffering persecution and then types of persecution because they think you know well i got suspended from facebook for 24 hours i'm being persecuted i'm sorry that's not persecution (laughs) just to let you know that ain't persecution Um, but but there's a difference between suffering and persecution correct okay so everyone suffers and because of the fall we have to deal with suffering in life but persecution is suffering that we endure at the hands of our enemies. Now, mm-hmm. not because of who we are, but because of whose we are, the one Amen. that we represent, the one that our enemy actually hates, and that is Jesus Christ. So That's to right. quote the Puritan Richard Sibbs, he says, we are to expect that wherever Christ comes, there will be opposition. So when absolutely so, so when Dr. Coates is is opening preaching he's bringing Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit there is going to be opposition. So suffering will happen to every person. Okay. That's right. That's right. And, well John 15, right? You, mm-hmm. Remember remember the, the the word that I said to you a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted right. me, they will also persecute you. Right. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. Mhm. You know, and, and and I think about I think about Vody's talk from uh, yep. from Shepherd's Conference in 2019. Um, you know, he said this. He said, "quote Persecution is suffering with an option." Yep. Period. The choice. Quote. That's right. So so right. so so one thing that this persecution can be avoided. So now per, the persecution that is going on in Canada with churches can be avoided. All they Absolutely. have to do is compromise. That's right. Right. So now even here in America, it, what's going to be coming down the pipeline there, the, the Equality Act is, is going to come. It's inevitable. Absolutely. So churches are going to experience some form of persecution. Right. But it can be avoided if 
they just stop calling homosexuality sin. If they stop calling abortion murder, if they Mm -hmm. embrace critical race theory, if they Mm -hmm. stop talking about holiness, then they will not have to suffer. That is absolutely 110% correct. Um, uh, you know, it, it's uh, it, that, that that reminds me of, a, of something I read today. Um, uh, again, to quote Dr. Tom Askell, um, you know, he was uh, he was quoting a, a pastor by the name of Samuel Lamb in an article that he wrote for Ligonier uh, entitled "What Is Christian Persecution?" And the quote is this: "It says uh, this is Dr. Dr. Lamb quoted by Dr. Askell. Quote: In America, the church has experienced prosperity and is growing weaker." In China, the church has experienced persecution and growing stronger. Persecution is much better than prosperity, period, close quote. Um, Again, that was Dr. Tom Askell quoting Pastor Samuel Lamb in an article that that he wrote for Ligonier entitled, What is Christian Persecution? Um, and, and, And what an incredible, incredible reminder um, that, that we as believers will, uh, just going back to what we said a few minutes ago, we will experience persecution. It, mm-hmm. it actual persecution. Um, in, in this country, we have been afforded for a long time. Uh, we, we've been afforded for a long time the opportunity um, to, to, to not experience true persecution. Yes, there may be affliction here and there. Yes, there may be you know suffering here and there, but true actual persecution, uh, you know, and I'm not talking about the type of persecution that's like, hey, you know, economically or financially. I'm talking about we're going to lock you up. We're going to put you in jail for standing for Christ, for preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, for standing for and on the sufficiency of scripture. You know, you can confirm inerrancy and infallibility all you want, but the proof's in the pudding. Okay. The proof is in the pudding. And so, so when it comes down to it, when brass tacks happen, when it comes down to it and you are said, it is said to you, you must close your doors. Like what pastor Coates is experiencing. You must shut down because you are not following a mandate that, that isn't even true based upon science, much less, you know, take out the biblical commands, but we're not going to get into that right now. But, but that is persecution. Well, you know, what, what you see in China and people being sent to camps to, to, to restructure themselves, to, uh, to reprogram their minds, that is persecution. Um, and, and so, so we as, as believers in this country need to be prepared. So how do we do that? Well, first, you got to know the difference, right, mm-hmm. between persecution and suffering. You have to know the difference between persecution and disobedience. Mm-hmm. At the same time, and and my, my last comment yeah, before I turn it back over good. to you, yeah, but my last comment before I turn it over to you is 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 this, you know, pastors, um, uh, you know, y- you got to get your head out of the sand, or let me let let let, let me be a little firmer, or you need to get it, um, you need to remove it from a certain appendage of your own body. You cannot afford to ignore the things that are coming after your flock. You cannot afford to ignore mm-hmm. um, the, the false gospels that are out there and what is coming. And you need to be preparing your sheep for action. That's right. That's right. Now let's, let, let's move into second uh, Timothy uh, because this is a great letter to get into when we start talking about persecution. 
Uh, now, Second Timothy, we're, we're, we're going to be looking at verse uh, chapter 1, verses 8 through 12. But here, Paul is in prison. And I love what Vodi says when he talks about this. He says, he's what we call a repeat offender. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but Paul's in prison, and this is the last letter that Paul writes. And we know this from chapter 4, verses 6 and 8, where he says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. So Paul knows that his time is coming to an end. Now, in this letter, what we don't see, and I love when Vodi talks about this too, is Paul awaiting his death. He doesn't say, do you remember those guys who prayed for Peter when Peter was in prison and he was go miraculously freed? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't say, go get those guys, right? <laughs> and it was it was really funny when Vodi said it because the place erupted in laughter. Well, and uh, Vodi was like, that's what I would have done. That's what I would have. That's the letter I would have wrote. That's right. Yeah. And if if we're honest, that's the letter we would write. That's too. right. That's right. Um, but we don't see him saying that in this letter. But we do right. see two parallel themes that run uh, as railroad tracks in Second Timothy. The first theme that we see is preserve and proclaim the gospel, um, and then the second theme that we see is endure the suffering that follows as a result of proclaiming the gospel. So we must That's seek right. to right. preserve the gospel, not let it become perverted or distorted in any way. Uh, so think about the letters that Paul writes to the Colossians, to the Galatians, right? Galatians 1.6, where he says, you are so quickly uh, deserting Christ for a different gospel, uh, one that was different than the one that Paul had proclaimed to them. So uh, Paul, what he does here is in every chapter, he brings about a preserving and an enduring. And so I want to go through those really, really quickly. So uh, chapter one, verse 13 and 14, this is preserving. Retain the standard of the sound word, which you have heard from me in the faith and love, uh, in the faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. Guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us, the treasure that, uh, that is the gospel. Guard, so guard the treasure that's the gospel, which has been entrusted to you. So that's preserving. Enduring, verse 8, chapter 1, verse 8. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. Chapter 2, verse 2, preserving the things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others. Endure is verse 3, the very following verse. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier in Christ. Uh, chapter chapter 3, verse 14, we have preserving again. 
You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of knowing uh, from whom you have learned them. And then preserve us and enduring. We're on enduring now. Chapter three, verse 10. Now you followed my teaching. Conduct. uh, Now (laughs) you followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, perseverance, persecutions and sufferings such as happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium and at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, and out of them all, uh, the Lord rescued me. And finally, uh, chapter 4, verse 2, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction, and then enduring, uh, verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 5, but you be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. So our training for persecution follows these two characteristics of preserving the gospel and enduring suffering. Paul in this letter is essentially telling Timothy uh, and subsequently us that when coming face to face with persecution, okay, again, real persecution, not Facebook jail, not, not being thrown off Twitter, Okay, Uh, real persecution that in the word of God, in the gospel, we have all the tools that we need. Is there anything you wanted to add before I I read? What were you going to read? Well, I was just going to read the verses eight through uh, of eight through twelve of chapter one. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, no, man. I mean, there were a couple of things that jumped out to me, but I think I think we're going to end up we're going to end up talking about them. Um, but but one of the things one of the things you'll notice, and this is why, you know, I mean, we, we say it all the time. Context, context, context when it comes to Scripture. Um, the, the, the letter of Second Timothy is um, is one where there are multiple themes. But one of the biggest themes that you see is persecution, suffering, enduring through that um, and, 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 and getting ready. I mean, this is, this is Paul prepare, you know, preparing his young son in the faith and ultimately all who would profess faith in the Lord and, and possess faith in the Lord Jesus Christ to, 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 to what we're going to experience um, in the later days, uh, what they were starting to experience then, um, and then the encouragement and the admonishment needed under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in how we are to stand um, uh, through uh, the, the the hardships and the sufferings, afflictions, and persecutions um, that we will experience. Um, so, um, yeah, th- th- there's a ton there, man. So, no, 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 keep going. I mean, there's some things I wrote down that we'll come back to because uh, when we talk about holy living. Um, uh, but, yeah, go for it, man. Go okay. for it. Uh, so, chapter 1, it's beginning in verse 8 of Second Timothy. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. Verse 9, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity, but now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. 
verse 11, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher. For this reason, I also suffer these things, but I am not ashamed for I know whom I have believed and I am convinced that he is able to guard with what I uh, guard, what I have entrusted to him until that day. Man. So, so, so many things immediately pop out to me mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in reading that and, and in training for persecution. Uh, the, the first thing, the, the first thing he, uh, he says to, to Timothy, therefore, now remember when the therefore is there, we ask what the there is there for. That was a confusing way to say that. Um, so um, back up one verse. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and of love and discipline. Now, one of the things I want to pull up really quickly is uh, my literal word app because I don't have the right journal in front of me um, where I started unpacking this. In, in what these words mean. So God, so God has not given us a spirit of cowardice and timidity. Um, he has not given us a, a spirit of fear, as other translations uh, say. Um, but he has given us a, uh, a spirit, a breath, um, a, 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 a wind of motion in the Greek of power, right? Dunamis and, and a power and might and meaning. We have been given purpose, and, and, and then of love and of self-discipline of love, that is that, that, that agape love. That is that, that never-ending love from above, love for God, love for one another, and of discipline, of self-control under the power of the Holy Spirit. And then immediately he says, therefore, do not be ashamed. So in the negative, that's, that, that, that's, that, that's obviously, you know, that, that's implying don't be, uh, you know, uh, don't be ashamed of it. Don't, but, but, but flip that. It isn't just don't be ashamed. It's, it's be joyous, be celebratory. You know, you, it isn't just, oh, well, don't be ashamed. So don't cower back. No, 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 no. This is, this is also implying with it a, a, you need to be outspoken. You need to be shouting this. You need to be proclaiming this. You need to be living this and loving this and, and desiring to, to speak up the truths found in God's word and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to as many as will hear. So, so when he says, and he says it twice in this section, in verse eight, and then again in verse 12, you know, and he, and, he, and he's what a reminder to Timothy, which which this would imply that what Timothy was 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 experiencing, he, there wasn't apostasy there, there wasn't anything like that. He was just experiencing some fear at what was happening and what was coming. And and you know, what do we try to do when we encourage someone? Oh, it's going to be okay. Don't worry about it. Right? No, Paul's saying, hey, they're going to persecute me. Mm-hmm. I, I think back to Bodie at Shepherds, right? Hey, they're going to kill me for preaching the gospel. So here's what I want you to do. All right. I, they're going to kill me. You preach the gospel till they kill you too. Mm-hmm. And, and then he lays out all of the reasons why. Mm-hmm. And listen to this. So ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Paul realizes that he's in prison, not of, the, of, of human hands. This is the will of God. Do you know, believer, that God's will for you very well? Uh, let me put it this way. For every possessing 
believer in the Lord, possessing in the faith uh, needed for salvation, every true adopted child of God, you have to know something. And I wrote this down as you were talking. Persecution is a fruit of possessing faith in Christ. Persecution is a fruit. If you possess faith in Christ, you will be persecuted. It is God's will for your life to experience persecution as his child. Why? Jesus said it. I already read it in John 15. If they hated me, they will hate you. So he says, don't be afraid. I'm his, I'm God's prisoner. Right, we we see all throughout Scripture, I'm, and I'm so excited for the uh, the upcoming Legacy Standard Bible. No, this is not a commercial for them, but let me just say that one of my one of my one of my th- the things I'm looking forward to the most is everywhere in the New Testament that you see doulos, it's translated correctly as slave. Do you realize, Christian, that you've been bought with a price? That your life is not yours; you are His prisoner. So He says, "Join with me in suffering for the gospel, according to what." the power of God. Mm-hmm. You have to un- look at Acts 4. It said Peter, and then they were what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. Power. Romans 1, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why? It is the power of God unto salvation. So if it is his will, and when, and I say if for a reason, because it is, mm-hmm. that you should experience persecution, don't be timid about that. Don't, don't stand also too. don't stand up and say, I'm being persecuted. Don't, don't, don't make it about you, bro. Don't make it about you. You stand up given the opportunity. You know what you do? You preach the gospel. Yeah. What you got, man. Now, this, you, you know, reminds me of a letter uh, by Samuel Rutherford, you know, because you mm. talked about how Paul, he says he's God's prisoner. He was put there by God. That's right. He's a prisoner for God. Uh, Samuel Rutherford was, uh, he was thrown in prison in, in Aberdeen. He was removed from his parish in Anworth. Uh, but he, and he was removed by the Episcopal party um, of that time. And now he wrote a work um, that was against the teachings of Arminianism. Mm-hmm. And the Episcopal party was very much beholden to Arminian teaching and they didn't like that. So since they were in charge, they removed him and they threw him in prison. Uh, and that, that was just one of the things, but uh, while he's in prison, there's, there's a book you can get the letters of Samuel Rutherford that was put together by Andrew Benar. Uh, it's a, it's a compilation of 365 letters, some, some 320 of those letters are letters from his prison cell in Aberdeen. Wow. This one in particular, he writes uh, to Lady Kenmer, and this is from Aberdeen on the 22nd of November, 1663. He says, I cannot but write to my friends that Christ has appointed me to be placed in Aberdeen. And my adversaries have sent me here to be feasted with love banquets with my royal high high and princely lord jesus so this is the place where jesus has appointed him to be mm-hmm. and it is through the hands of his adversaries 
uh, that he came to be in this prison. So while he's there, uh, the whole purpose is so that he may feast evermore on Christ. And he continues on in the letter. He says, oh, how sweet are the sufferings of Christ for Christ. So uh, he's sharing in Christ's suffering for Christ's sake uh, to, to make the gospel known. So, mm. so think about this. Christ, he suffered through his body, um, or, or he suffered and died on the cross to ensure our salvation. He suffers through his body, which is the church, throughout history in order to bring us the gospel. So as we labor in our suffering and proclamation of the gospel, we are actually locking arms and moving in stride with those who went before us, uh, not just to simp- uh, so that people can, can be saved, but being instruments used of Christ so that Christ may receive the full prize, which he came, uh, mainly his inheritance of the nations. Now, Samuel Rutherford continues on in this letter again, and he says, and this is actually one of the longer letters. Um, it says, he, he says, it is one thing to read of Christ in a book and to speak of him with the tongue. But Rutherford says of his suffering, he says, to come nigh to Christ and clasp him and embrace him is another thing. So to Rutherford, Christ has become much more than words on a page or words spoken from the mouth. But through his suffering and his imprisonment, Christ has become experientially more real to him. Absolutely. Well, and when that happens, you know, when when that happens, like I think I think back to uh, to, to, to Second Timothy. Um, and 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 back to verse 12 of chapter one, which says, for this reason, I also suffer these things, but I'm not ashamed for I know, I know Mm -hmm. whom I have believed. And I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. Mm -hmm. I mean, he had, Paul Paul had taken hold of Christ, much like Rutherford. Um, and, and, And so Christ was the object of his affection. Christ was the object of his attention. Um, you know, I, I, I think back to the prayer of St. Patrick and, and, and I can't remember it, but you should go look it up, uh, where, where he just, he just, he just prayed Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ around me. Um, and, and so Christ, Jesus Christ was everything. And that's, that, that is how it should be for, for all of us. And at every moment in our lives, um, what an incredible, incredible quote. And, and, and uh, if, if you don't, I don't have a copy of uh, the letters of Samuel, Ruth, Samuel Rutherford, but as Drew and I have been preparing and talking about this episode, I, I, I've said multiple times, I've got to get a copy of one of those for sure. Yes, um, uh, but and, but I, ma- I mean, especially just because in that book uh, or in those letters, uh, he's also counseling people as well. Right. He he counsels right. a lady whose daughter died. He counsels a young a young man in salvation. Right. Yep. It, you know he, he so he speaks on the sweetness of his imprisonment and to to right. another lady. He even says, "I have made my prison my palace and yeah, Christ's well. banqueting house." Right. So so he doesn't mm. just speak on on his imprisonment as as he is enjoying it. Uh, as it, as he's growing closer to Christ, he's using that to as an act to actually continue to pastor to the 
to his people. Right. Right. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, he, he's, he's doing that. And, and, and let me just, you know, say this, that's the work of, of, um, of a man fulfilling his calling as the pastor instead of a boy standing up on a stage behind a table trying to make people laugh at him. And, 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 and that is, that, that is, that is the truth. And um, so, so I, I won't, I won't continue down that. I won't go any farther down that hole. I, I want to, um, but let me ask us the question, you know, when it comes to persecution, thinking back to what you said, um, you know, about Rutherford and that quote, and, and then thinking of St. Patrick, you know, let me ask us all a question. Do we know God? Mm-hmm. How do we see God? Right. This is why studying the attributes of God is so very, very important, because how we view God and our theology proper is the core deciding factor in how we will respond to persecution. Mm-hmm. You know, do we see do, do we try to compartmentalize God into in, 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 into, I mean, our view of him or do we seek to know him as as he is? Now, it's not possible for us to do that in this form. Right. Um, but it's incredibly important that we remember that we are to, uh, we're to know our God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, and, and so what, do you know him? Do you know Christ? Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that, that's a fantastic question for all of us, because again, like I said, that that's the core deciding factor in how we're going to respond to that. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, uh, I think, go ahead. Well, I, as you're saying that, I think about, um, how, especially here, uh, in America, what we're expecting to come uh, from from Congress, uh, yeah. from from our government, and I think I even think about what you shared at the beginning of the show with what's going on in Canada. Yeah, it's a great time to live in the Book of James. Yep. Okay, because James really is a book about faith under trial, t- the testing of your faith. Yeah. Uh, so so. Uh, John Bunyan, another Puritan uh, who wrote the Pilgrim's Progress, which I think is like uh, outside of the uh, the Bible, like the number one best-selling book ever, <laughs> uh, right, something right. like that. But John Bunyan was thrown in prison, not for preaching the gospel, but for preaching the gospel without a license. Mm-hmm. Now, how far are we away from that, right? Once, the, If the Equality yeah. Act, Act is passed, you know, yep. you'll only be able to preach, I'm sure, as long as you adhere to to these things. Well, John Bunyan, uh, he, he says, the Lord uses affliction to separate the shaft from the wheat. Come on. That's, well, that, 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 that's the truth. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, and I think what, what you'll end up seeing is when persecution comes to the true believer, here's what you're going to see. You're, you're going to see those true believers do exactly what Peter uh, reminds us in first Peter four, starting in verse 12, he says, beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing Mm -hmm. as though some strange thing were happening to you. But, but to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing so that also at the revelation of his glory, you may rejoice with exaltation. If you're reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Mm So, so we shouldn't, we, 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 like I said this earlier, we shouldn't cower. We shouldn't stand up and say, I'm being persecuted. Feel sorry for me and throw a pity party for yourself. No, you rejoice in that. Mm-hmm. Why? This is God's will for you. It, let me ask you a question. If God himself 
you know, I think and, and to, to parents, okay, I, I think about if my son were being picked on, and, and man, I'm one of those people that when my my, my brother will tell you, <laughs> my little brother, uh, he will tell you that um, that Chris does not respond well when people pick on him. I can pick on him because he's my brother, but uh, when other people pick on him, it does not go well. It does not respond well. Uh, I do not respond well. I and I haven't. And but but you think I think about as a parent, if someone were to to pick on my son and and persecute truly persecute and attack my son what I would do. And let me ask all of us a question. If Christ, the only begotten of the Father, was persecuted, reviled, hated, mocked, spit on, beat, scorned, not accepted in his hometown, died for, 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 for the, 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 the unrighteous to make us righteous, why would we assume, why would we assume that we are going to experience any less than that, especially when scripture says the opposite. Right. So we, so we rejoice in that mm-hmm. we, we do. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm, I'll get into this here in a second, uh, but you know, we, we, we don't, we, we don't stand up and draw attention to ourselves. We stand up and we point to Christ. You know, I think of Ladmer and, or Ridley and uh, was it Ladmer mm-hmm. that, you know, but play the what does he say? You, you, you I can't he remember the says, quote. Play the man, Master Ridley. There you go. I trust this day we will light a, a fire. Torch will be lit. A, a yep. torch will be lit. Yep. Uh, as uh, to the likes that will never be put out or something like that. Absolutely. He, he, he's saying we we got them where we want them. Right? Absolutely. You know, <laughs> right. and, and, and so I, I think back here to, to first Peter four after verse 14 and verse 15, he says, make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer, or some troublesome meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in this name. Mm-hmm. Man, yep. come on. What and you that, got? that all stems from knowing God, who God is. Exactly. And is that's that my point. In character. So, so now let's get into... We've talked about, you know, persecution and we've gone through some scriptures and things like this, but let's get into how do we train for persecution? And so I've got, um, I kind of came up with just five points and I alliterated them. So to make it just easier uh, for us to follow. But the first, the first point um, that I had was uh, how do we train for persecution? One, submission to God and his word. Now, you cannot uh, be conditioned or trained like the military to go through persecution because your flesh is weak. Your flesh says to compromise uh, so that you won't go through what is possibly lying ahead, right? It's, mm-hmm. We think of self-preservation. We want to yeah. we, we oh, yeah. take care of ourselves. But in submission to God, it is the power of God that carries you through. So we don't need the power of God to deliver us from affliction. We need the power of God to sustain us through affliction. Oh, oh well, that that's absolutely right. So, what does that look like? That that submission to God and His Word. Well, um, and and to my brother's point, um, you know, your flesh says compromise, and and do not go through with what may lie ahead, according to self preservation. Uh, so, so how do we do that? Well, here's how we do that: we starve the flesh. Now, I don't mean physically don't eat. That's not what I mean. When I say starve the flesh, I mean deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Christ. I mean you aim 
for holy living. Um, you know, I just read first Peter don't, don't, don't suffer for being a murderer or a thief an evil doer. Um, you know, uh, go back to second Timothy three, uh, verse 12, indeed, all who desire to what live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So how do you do that? You submit to God, you deny yourself, you die to self. Um, I think of, um, uh, Colossians uh, chapter three, which let me turn there real quick. And um, there's a, there, the, you know, Paul in, in this letter is, is saying, if you've been raised with Christ, keep seeking the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Um, and then he says in verse five, therefore consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, greed, which amounts to idolatry. Don't lie to one another. He says in verse nine, verse 10, put on the new self being renewed to a true knowledge, according to the image of the one who created him. He says, so those have been chosen by God. Here's what we're to put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. Beyond all these, you put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And then let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And whatever you do in word and deed, you do it all in his name. Mm -hmm. So submitting to God, submitting to his word, um, there's an example of that. Yeah. Now let me bring back uh, John Bunyan. This is what he says. And I'm glad, I'm glad you said that. Because John Bunyan says, nothing can render affliction so insupportable as the load of sin. To be fitted Ooh. for affliction. Whoa, 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 must... whoa, 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 whoa. Back up, back up and start that again. Because that's a great quote mm -hmm. that, that, that people have to hear again. That's yep. that, especially that first part. Sorry, yep. go ahead. John Bunyan, he says, nothing can render affliction so insupportable as the load of sin. To be fitted for affliction, you must first get the burden of sin laid aside. Then whatever afflictions you meet will be easy to you. Man, come on. Come on, bro. Yep. Bro. <laughs> That's... Mm. Yeah, John Bunyan. Uh, he 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 wrote he he wrote a lot uh, on affliction. Uh, he wrote a lot on his own imprisonment as well as uh, suffering affliction. Uh, right, and that that that, that speaks that you know First Peter talks about that. I'm flipping there now, but you know First Peter talks about um, uh, you know godly living and following Christ as our example, and 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 why why do we do so? We do so that you know in uh, First uh, Peter uh, two twelve, keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles so that they, uh, so that in the thing, which they, which, which they slander you as evildoers, they may be, uh, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, why glorify God? So, so we, we, you know, that, that, that that's absolutely right. That's one of the, you know, one of the, you know, reasons you can lose, one of the ways you can lose saltiness is by, uh, is by the ongoing practice of sin in your life. Mm-hmm. Good stuff, right. bro. So we have so, so our first point was submission to God and his word. Our second point, study the scriptures. Now we cannot submit to the scriptures if we do not know the scriptures. So you must oh, know 
doctrine. You must know theology. You must know the gospel. You must know who God is, who Christ is. You must know who you are in Christ. You must know what is expected of you as one who is in Christ. You must know that the Holy, the Holy Spirit's power that works inside of you in the study of scripture, okay, we are grasping onto our anchor. They are what keeps us from being carried off with the currents and, and blown about with the wind. But we also find great comfort in them as well. Uh, so back to John Bunyan, when he was placed in prison, the scriptures made Christ more real and apparent in an experiential way. Same like uh, similar to uh, Samuel Rutherford. He found such comfort in the scriptures that he said, were it lawful? I could pray for greater trouble for the greater comfort's sake. He's saying, I will mm. take more trouble if that trouble means more comfort of God's word. Bro, come on, man. Well, and that's, you know, I think, uh, I think back to Psalm 19, uh, it's, a, it's a chapter of scripture I go back to often uh, that, that speaks to the, the attributes of God's word, if you will, uh, being perfect being sure, being right, being pure, and, and what that does. And then, uh, you know, I, I quoted this uh, actually earlier today. Uh, Dr. Stephen Lawson was talking about the, the Word of God, and I'll pull up that quote here in a second. But, but I, 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 I re-quoted him, and, and I said, you know, with, with uh, Psalm 19, 10, and 11, they, being the Scriptures, are more desirable than gold, yes, much more fine gold, sweeter also then the honey and the drippings of the honeycomb moreover by them your servant is warned in keeping them there is great reward so again a question for all of us is can we say that about ourselves concerning the scriptures do we view the scriptures as su the sweetest thing that, that that we cannot wait to literally get alone with our bibles mm to hear from God. And that, that quote from Dr. Lawson earlier says, he said this quote, if you would increase your hunger for God's word, stop feeding. Uh, oh, wait, did I read that right? Or did, yeah. Yeah. If you would increase your hunger for God's word, stop feeding on the junk food of this world. You know, do period close quote. Do, do we, is that what we do? Is that how we view scripture? Do we view it as perfect and right and sure and pure and, and, and to where we literally cannot wait to get in the Bible every day? You know, is God's word, your copy of God's word, is, do you live in it, as Charles Haddon Spurgeon says? You know, is it falling apart so that your soul is not, so as Charles Haddon Spurgeon says? Mm -hmm. uh, is, is your Bible, your copy of God's word, the most prized possession that you own? And, and, and that is a surefire way uh, to, to, to make sure uh, that you are trained for, as much as you can be for persecution. And brother, that brings me to a point that I wrote down. One of the ways that we need to be trained up, and this is because we're being made a mockery of out of these people, but, but being able to accurately and biblically defend and strike down false prophets and false prophecies and false doctrine that we've seen in our generation, that's huge. That is huge. And, and, and I said it earlier, there are so many pastors who, who aren't doing this. They aren't addressing uh, the, the, this issue. But, but you have to understand that when the world looks at Christianity and Christians, 
uh, a lot of the time. And when the other, when non-believers look at the, what they think of are the Jesse Duplantis's and the Kenneth Copeland's and the Todd White's and the, um, the, the Bill Johnson and Hillsong and Passion and Giglio and Andy Stanley. You know, I, I mean, I'm thankful for Dr. That's one of the reasons I'm thankful for Dr. John MacArthur and, and the, the platform that the Lord has given him is because he is one of the only ones that are standing up and saying no um and and in the face of true persecution so yeah. so brother when you when you had that point that i that was what i wrote down is is we also yes we study the scriptures why uh, why do why do you know people who are in the the law enforcement for banking and fraud why do they study the real thing so hard and so much because so that they can they can they can recognize the fake. That's right. Yeah. Now, uh, to that Steve Lawson quote, I would just add a little caveat is that uh, we must we must feast on the entirety of scriptures, not just those yes. sweet yes. portions that make us theologically obese and lazy. Um, we must feast upon the entirety, those ones that put Come us on, to bro. work in mortifying our sin uh, and causing us to live holy lives and calling, causing us to be loving and, and serving to others. Uh, yeah. We must take the whole of scripture, not just those little parts that we like or those parts that we like to use as weapons as well. Oh, come on, bro. So we have submission to God and his word. We have study the scriptures. Third point in how to train for persecution. You must stay in prayer. Mm. Now, in the scriptures, we have our anchor. In the scriptures, we find our foundation. They build up our courage. We find our strength because we are uh, saturating ourselves with the nature and the character of God and his gospel. And we find uh, great comfort in them. Now, in prayer, we find our comfort as well, but it is not the same kind of comfort. The scriptures provide a comfort through the relaying of truth, those indicative statements and those promises that, that we hold on to. But in prayer, we find a comfort uh, from the communion with God. We come before him as his children, and we are engaging in that relational aspect by coming to him and seeking him in prayer. Mm. Yeah, man. And wow, you know, a, a great place to start with that and, and uh, would be uh, would be the Psalms. Yes. You know, you see yes. uh, you, you see these just wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, just examples of uh, of lament in the Psalms. And um, I, I was sharing with uh, uh, with, with someone uh, just today about Psalm 77 and that being one that I, I refer back to often, one that I have prayed uh, often um, is 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 Psalm 77, but you see all throughout. I'm just flipping through the Psalter right now, and all throughout the um, the, the Psalms, uh, the Psalms of Ascents, um, you know, and, and and I immediately thought of um, I, I I thought of Psalm 120, um, and this is a prayer for the, the title is a prayer for deliverance uh, from the treacherous. You know, in my trouble, I cried to the Lord, and He answered me. Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips, from a deceitful tongue. Uh, what shall be given to you, and what more shall be done to you, you deceitful tongue? Um, and uh, and then and then one, you know, personally that I I refer back to often is Psalm one thirty, um, uh, which is is uh, out of the depths I've cried to you, 
uh, Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul does wait. And in his word do I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning. Indeed, more than the watchman for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is loving kindness, and with him is abundant redemption. And he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. And I know that doesn't have anything to do with persecution, but I wanted to speak to the the the, the, the prayerful aspect of it. Because so many, there are so many believers that are uh, have this, 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 this fear of praying. Um, and, and praying out loud. No, don't. My goodness, remember. Remember the, the spirit that we've been given. If you're not sure what to pray, pray open the Psalms and read mm-hmm. to God. Read his word. Pray his word back to him. Yep, yep. So fourth point, surround yourself with faithful people. The Christian walk is one that cannot be done alone. Paul had those whom he walked with, and he had those who had abandoned him. Um, but he found joy, peace, and encouragement hearing about the faith of others. Uh, Paul, in the first chapter of Romans, uh, he longs to see a group of believers that he hasn't even met yet. He has only heard about their faith, and his desire is to be with them so that they can mutually uh, encourage and strengthen one another. Absolutely. We are all parts of the body, right? The body of Christ. Uh, we need one another. We were we were created for community. We were created for uh, and to be um, in the house of God, um, uh, gathered amongst the saints. There is safety there. Uh, we see that in, in, in Hebrews. Um, uh, there's safety. There's accountability. Uh, there's rest um, there. So absolutely, you must surround yourself with faithful people, people that you can lean on, that people can, that, that, that can lean on you, uh, that you can bear their burdens, um, that, 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 that can pick you up when you're down, so on and so forth. You have to surround yourself with faithful people. That's right. So the, the last point I've got here is suffering with joy. Now, no matter the circumstances, uh, we must face them with joy. Paul said that he was content in any situation. Uh, in his affliction, he was rejoicing. Second Timothy uh, 1 verses 8 through 12 that we went over, right? Not being ashamed for the gospel, but enduring the suffering. There is no shame to be had in suffering for the gospel, but only joy. If we live, we live unto Christ. If we die, then we gain Christ. Mm. Therefore, in any circumstance, in any circumstance, and especially in suffering, we are to be joyful. Mm. Amen, brother. Amen. I mean, that that makes me think about uh, uh, you know. Again, it goes. We, we go back to how do you view God? How do you view Christ? How do you view the Scriptures? And so, when suffering and persecution happens, I mean, listen to Christ's words in 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 the most famous sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. What what does he say? Uh, about uh, you know who's blessed and 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 what that looks like. Well, is, when Jesus saw the crowds, Mark uh, Matthew five chapter one or verse one, excuse me, uh, Matthew chapter five verse one. He went up to the mountain and he sat down. His disciples came to him. He opened his mouth and began to teach them, saying, "Blessed are the poor in spirit." 
for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed, let me let me just stop there. That's talking about in relation, poor in spirit means you realize you are a poor, depraved sinner. Um, that's what he's talking about. Poor in spirit. Um, theirs um, is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, mourning over your sin. They shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle. They shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful. They will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart. They shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Listen to verse 10. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 11, blessed are those, are, blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and say falsely all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad for your reward in heaven is great. So do you believe that? So when the persecution comes, consider yourself blessed. Our elder brother, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, those are his words. Those are true words. Do you believe them? Well, you can say you do, but you know when the test will be, according to 1 Peter 4, when the fiery trial comes. What will stand or what will be burned up? How will you respond? How will I respond? Will we say, blessed are we, and do we rejoice in that? As, as Peter said in 1 Peter 4, do we rejoice? Again, I say to you, rejoice, as Paul said in Philippians. Paul wrote Philippians under arrest. You would think he was at the Ritz, living the high life. No, no, don't be a feathery Christian, as Thomas Watson would say, but be grounded in the promises of Scripture. Yeah, it's funny about Paul because he was chained to a guard yeah. and he would preach the gospel to every guard that he was chained and every guard became a believer. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely, brother. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, we've we've said a lot about persecution, a lot of scripture, um, kind of uh, our points on training for persecution. So uh, kind of my closing thoughts, uh, they're kind of lengthy. Um but as we would seek to be faithful, obedient followers of Christ, we are told by Jesus in John 15, 20, that if they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Persecution, uh, affliction at the hands of our enemies is not just to be expected, but we are to join in it. We are to share in it. Acts 14, Paul and Barnabas are in Lystra. They're preaching the gospel to people who just worship them as Zeus and Hermes. So they're rebuking them and then giving them the true gospel. There we see preserving and guarding the truth, our points from, from Timothy. Then verses 19 through 20. But the Jews came to Antioch and Iconium, and having won over the crowd, they stoned Paul, dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. But while the disciples stood around him, he got up and entered the city. This guy gets stoned, left for dead, gets up and goes right back into the city. The next day, he went away with Barnabas to Derby. After they had preached the gospel to the city, they had made many disciples. They returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls 
of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying, uh, through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. So verse 19, we see the enduring suffering that followed as a, as a result of proclaiming the truth. And then verse 22, through many tribulations, that word tribulations, thelispis, thelipsis, I, I believe is how you say it. That's persecution or affliction. We must enter the kingdom of God. Now let that sink in. Through affliction and persecution, we must enter the kingdom of God. I quoted Richard Sibbs at the beginning. I'm going to quote him again. He says, there can be no victory where there is no combat. Now, our enemies are not of flesh and blood. That's Ephesians 6.12. Therefore, no number of guns or ammo stock, my fellow Americans, uh, and, and let, me, let me just say, I'm all for the Second Amendment. Okay, I'm all for it. I, I own a gun. Okay. Actually, I own a couple of guns. I'm all for it. But no number of guns or ammo stock are of any benefit in spiritual battles. Since our enemies are not of flesh and blood, Christ does not send us out with the weapons of this world. He sends us out armed with the gospel. And if you are thrown in jail for proclaiming an unperverted and undistorted gospel message, then you join with Paul and Silas and you sing the midnight hymns with joy. If you suffer, remember that you do not suffer alone. Christ suffered and was put to death so that he may also sit with us in our afflictions. On, we, do, we do not have a high priest that is unable to sympathize with us. Now, I have a, a, a quote from uh, William Tyndale, and bear with me because it is rather lengthy, and it is in that nice old English that we love so much. <laughs> but Tyndale says this, he says, if the faith of Christ and law of God, in which to all righteousness is contained, be written on thine heart. That is, if thou believe in Christ to be justified from sin or for remission of sins and consentest in thine heart to the law, that is good, holy, and just, and thy duty to do it, and submittest thyself so to do, and thereupon goest forth and testify to the uh, testify that faith and law of righteousness openly unto the world in word and deed. Then will Satan stir up his members against thee, and thou shalt be persecuted on every side. But be of good comfort and faint not. Call to mind the saying of Paul: How all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Remember how all the prophets that went before thee were so dealt with. Remember the examples of the apostles and of Christ himself, and that the disciple is no better than his master, and that Christ admitteth no disciple, which not only uh, leaveth not all, but also taketh his cross too. We be not called to soft living and to peace in this world, but unto peace of conscience in God our Father, through Jesus mm. Christ, and to war in this world. Moreover, comfort thyself with the hope of the blessing of the inheritance of heaven, there to be glorified with Christ, if thou here suffer with him. Uh, 
For if we be like Christ here in his passion and bear his image in soul and body and fight manfully, that Satan blot it not out and suffer with Christ for bearing record to righteousness, then shall we be like him in glory. We are to preserve, guard, and proclaim the truths of the gospel, put our faith into action, and when we receive suffering, we are to take comfort because of what lies beyond this momentary affliction, which is how Tyndale said, the inheritance of heaven to be glorified with Christ. Wow, brother. Wow. Makes me think of First Peter 1, the inheritance that's being guarded for us. Uh, it, it comes through the door. It comes through the doorway of suffering. It comes through the, you, know, you walk through, the, through, through that door, man, brother, that, thank you for sharing that quote, man. Thank you for sharing that. That was awesome. Um, you know, my, 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 my closing thoughts on this is, um, uh, you know, I, brother, I, I'm not even going to say, I'm not even going to, there's nothing I got, uh, after, after hearing that, I'm like, I, there are a couple of things I thought of, but, but what, what a reminder, um, you know, and, and we, we've said a lot and as usual, I, I'm going to read, uh, I'm going to end with uh, with reading from Valley of Vision. Uh, this is uh, this prayer is entitled "Journeying On." It says, "Quote, Lord of the cloud and fire, I am a stranger, with a stranger's indifference. My hands hold a pilgrim's staff. My march is Zion Zionward. My eyes are toward the coming of the Lord. My heart is in Thy hands without reserve." Thou hast created it, redeemed it, renewed it, captured it, conquered it. Keep from, from it every opposing foe. Crush in it every rebel lust. Mortify every treacherous passion. Annihilate every earthborn desire. All faculties of my being vibrate to thy touch. I love thee with soul, mind, body, strength, might, spirit, affection, will, desire, intellect, understanding. Thou art the very perfection of all perfections. All intellect is derived from thee. My scanty rivulets flow from thy unfathomable fountain. Compared with thee, the sun is darkness, all beauty deformity, all wisdom folly, the best goodness faulty, Thou art worthy of an adoration greater than my dull heart can yield. Invigorate my love that it may rise worthily to thee. Tightly entwine itself round thee. Be a Lord by thee. Then shall my walk be endless praise. Regardless of what comes our way, may that be said of us. May we journey on and rejoice because of who Christ is, because of what Christ has done, and because of the inheritance and the promise found, promises found in the scriptures. Amen. That's it, bro. I think that's a good place to end it. Yep, 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 yep. Well, if you have found this uh, episode to be encouraging, uh, and a blessing to you, let us know. Uh, share it. Share it with your friends. Also, uh, get on uh, 
get on and leave us a, a five-star review. Right. Leave us a five-star review. Please. Please. And if you leave Please. a one-star, let us know why you hate us. Okay? <laughs> so it's very simple. Just know it's going to get read. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it's worth if it's worth reading, we'll read That's it. That's true, yeah. Uh, but uh, with that, we are going to get out of here. See ya. <laughs>